The following podcast is so excited and we just can't hide it. The financial information in this podcast is general in nature and we can't account for your individual circumstances. For advice to suit your needs, please see the financial professionals for individualised advice. In fact, we'd be over the moon if you did. Any media clips have been clipped out of the public domain under the Fair Use and Fair Dealing guidelines. Money talks, money walks, money climbs, money falls, money sings, money flies, money bites. Welcome to Money Bites, the podcast that makes money bite-sized. Now we're about to delve into the media archive to show you what you can learn about money from the pop culture references you already know. This episode focuses on what we can learn about money from the TV show Ballers. Now let's delve into the episode where The Rock's character, Spencer Strasmore, is a financial manager talking to his colleague at his firm about a new client they're about to sign. Roll the tape. We have to think a little bit bigger than that, right? Right. Think bigger. Bigger like uh, Vernon Littlefield bigger? Fair, I just signed him a few days ago. Yeah, what? <laughs> Vernon Littlefield's one of the Everybody. best players in the league. Get in there. <sighs> Soon to be one of the richest, too. A lot of wealth to manage. Oh, a lot of friends he can refer to Anderson Financial. Let me see the paperwork. Uh, we're working on it. You don't have it? It's not a problem. He's checking in with his guy. His, you just said you're his guy. I am almost his guy. Listen, <sighs> Vernon and I have an understanding. It's all good. You have an understanding with a 24-year-old defensive lineman, Spence. That's not something we can bank on. If we're going to bring this to Anderson and prove to him that you belong here, he needs to see a fucking authorization form. Now go get it. So Spencer is a financial manager, which means he manages the financial accounts of his clients to grow their wealth over time. His clients are people like Vernon Littlefield, a player in the American National Football League, or NFL. He's a player at the top of his game and a young guy earning good money, but not necessarily good at managing it. And this is a common problem with NFL players. Because they're not good at managing money, they often have very little money left over at the end of what can be a very short football career, particularly if they get injured. And we all know that concussion can be a long-term impact from playing NFL throughout your career. Now, to help them manage money, Spencer needs signed authorization forms that give him authority to access their bank accounts and help manage their money. So for this client, unfortunately, he's got an informal verbal understanding. That means currently he's not formally a client and Spencer can do nothing for him until that authorization form has been signed. Now, while Spencer goes looking for that authorization form, we're going to hear from another player and how he's managing a personal situation at home. I got you a little something for your first day. What did you... I know how much this number means to you. <sighs> it means the world, baby. I mean, almost as much as you. Oh, that's sweet. This is a fresh start for us, huh? I'll never let you down again. I know you won't. Because if you do, that's the end of it. No more free passes, do you hear me? Loud and clear. Good. And now you have this to remind you what an amazing and forgiving woman I am. That I do. Okay, I'll cherish this. This thing must have cost you a fortune. Huh? No, baby, when it comes to our love, money is no object. And I use your black card to buy it. Have a great day. Okay, this is brilliant. And quite clearly her response is hilarious. But it's also terrible behavior. And we really need to break down why. So Ricky is another young player in the NFL. He's clearly cheated on his romantic partner and she's forgiven him in part, whilst warning him she won't forgive him again. 
At the moment, they're trying to re-establish trust in their relationship where it's broken down previously. To re-establish that trust, Ricky's partner decides to buy him a massive chain, picture a massive necklace, with his signature player number on it, which in his words must have cost her a fortune. Basically, it's very expensive. However, to make that purchase, she used his bank card without asking him first. And that makes this seem more like a revenge purchase to get back at him for cheating, but disguised as being thoughtful by getting him a gift. This seems pretty clear, but I do need to restate, accessing your partner's financial account or using your joint accounts to make expensive purchases outside your day-to-day shared expenses is not healthy, and it can lead to serious financial abuse. It's basically in this context, financial infidelity. Why? She's not being upfront about the behavior. It could really ruin him or her financially in the future. And if you're trying to fix your relationship, this is not the way to go about it. This is a masterclass in how not to manage money within your relationship. Now let's retrace our steps where Spencer is still trying to get that form signed by Vernon. Spencer, baby. Miss Littlefield. Mm, how you doing? Uh, never better. You look beautiful as always. Oh, he's all right. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Littlefield, I need to bend your son's ear for a minute. Well, he's a little caught up at the moment. I see that. He's working hard. Mm-hmm. Baby Boo needs to drop a dime and get mm. fast off the ball. Amen. Let's meet for brunch at the Biltmore tomorrow. His day off. Just us. Biltmore. Yeah. Sounds good. Perfect. Okay. Mm. Have a great day. Thank you, baby. You too. Thank you. See y'all later. Hey, um, Jason, get Burns' new deal done yet? Call him yourself. He'd love to hear from you. Best hope he does. Only way you're going to get your 300 back. It ain't about the money, Reg. I'm just trying to do what's right for Vern. Look out for his best interests. By lining your pockets up with his cash? (laughs) What cash? You made damn sure he doesn't have any left. (laughs) So Spencer's trying to get Vernon alone into a meeting to get him to sign that authorization form. However, he's running into Vernon's entourage when he tries to get in touch with Vernon. Now, many famous people, including sporting players or those in the entertainment industry, will have entourages otherwise known as groups of people who follow them around as they become rich and famous. The entourage benefits from their friend or family member's wealth as the famous person tends to pick up the tab to look after their entourage. People around Vernon who we hear from in this scene are his mother and his childhood friend Reggie, who seems particularly suspicious of Spencer coming into the picture as the new financial manager for Vernon. That suspicion is certainly mutual. Reggie sees Spencer as someone wanting to line his pockets through that commission of being the finance manager. And Spencer sees Reggie as someone who helps spend Vernon's money so he doesn't have any left. It's a power dynamic because they both want to manage Vernon's money in their own way. Let's see who wins. Brunch at the Biltmore. I thought you said he was broke. Well, Reggie has clearly redefined what that means. Buddy. Won't be easy driving a wedge between those two. I'll give you 300,000 reasons why it should be. I warned you not to give him that money. It was a loan. Oh, yeah? You set up a plan for him to repay that loan? Yeah, he'll square it. I told him he was a client. Fantastic. What did he say to that? Uh, He asked me if I wanted to hang out. (laughs) Spence, you gave him a check. You know, all that does is enable him to spend even more. But look, if Reggie would get out of the way, Vernon wouldn't have this problem. You know that. And plus, he should know better. Yeah, but most guys don't. I mean, think of all the stupid shit you used to spend your money on. What? Oh, the 10,000-gallon aquarium I put in my house? Is that what you're talking to? that's one thing. Sharks need space. That they do. That they do. 
Okay, this scene really outlines why Spencer has been so focused on getting his future client to sign that paperwork. It's because he lent Vernon $300,000 of his own money because the NFL player is broke. The warning sign here is that there's no plan for Vernon to pay this amount back. Spencer could very well never see his money again. And that's the risk of loading money to friends. If you do do it, only loan money that you can afford not to see back. The issue that Spencer's facing is that Vernon is a young successful athlete focused on enjoying himself now rather than planning for retirement. Some examples are clear in that he asks Spencer to hang out rather than have a formal meeting. He takes his friends to lunch at posh hotels despite being absolutely broke. And Spencer says part of this is Reggie or the entourage's influence encouraging Vernon to spend money. However, it's clear that many NFL players waste money themselves, including Spencer, who bought a 10,000 gallon aquarium complete with sharks. A completely unnecessary purchase, but if you're young, cash rich, and you think sharks are cool, you'd absolutely buy sharks and you're an aquarium. With some purchases like that under his belt, we're about to learn more about Spencer's own financial situation. Hello. Mr. Strasmore, it's Karen Rossi from Citibank. Karen, right. I've been meaning to get back to you. Just a courtesy call. Uh, your primary account is overdrawn, so I thought you might want to transfer some funds from your other account. I have another account? You do. How much is in it? Um, $3,052. Well, we may as well move it all over, Karen. I'll get right on it. Thank you. No, thank you. Oh, Karen, by the way, uh, just a shot in the dark here. By chance, do I have a third account? So Spencer's bank account has been overdrawn. That means he's taken more money out of the bank account than the money he actually had available. In other words, he's drawn too much money out. If this happens to you, you're technically in debt to the bank when you're overdrawn. So do make sure you get on top of it quickly and put that money back in or you'll be facing overdraft fees. Spencer's really clueless about his finances. He doesn't even know that he has more than one bank account with this particular bank. He's also clearly hoping for a miracle when he asks the bank representative whether he has another bank account that he also didn't know about. He's clearly hoping for a miracle and he'll need more than a miracle to dig him out of an unsecure loan for nearly a third of a million dollars. Let's see how this lunch goes. Let's go talk some sense to Vern and get that signature, huh? Let's do it. Mr. Strasmore, your group's on the patio. I'll show you the way. Yo, what up, Spence? What's up, Vernon? Hey, come on, man. I saved you a seat. Hey, who's your friend? This is my boss, Joe. Joe Curtel. Pleasure to meet you, Mrs. Little Phil. Vern, big fan. Pull up a chair, Joseph. The more the merrier. All right. Spencer, you have your seat. Hey, hey, hey. Somebody pull on Mr. Cristal. It's Eugene's birthday. So this scene is Spencer's $300,000 loan essentially being spent in front of him. Vernon's entourage is ordering bottles of Cristal champagne for someone's birthday, and to set the scene there are multiple bottles already at the lunch table. For context, a bottle of Cristal champagne at the time of recording is worth just under $400,000, so that represents thousands of dollars worth of alcohol being drunk at lunchtime. Given Vernon is supposedly broke and needs Spencer's loan to pay his bills, this is huge non-essential spending that really shouldn't be happening, particularly as this was meant to be a business meeting. So let's see how Spencer handles it. Vernon, it's not personal. Spence, I leave it all on the fit every time I strap in. And Dallas knows that. Things like this take time. 
Like, I got bills stacked up mad overhead. Like, I need a new contract now. Jason is handling that, I promise you. But in the meantime, you can't keep letting your crew spill what's left of your cash all over town. What am I supposed to do? Get it under control. And I know they're your boys, but when you left Crenshaw, this was the exact thing you were looking to escape. Trouble, distractions, you got drafted, got paid, and then you flew them all the fuck out here. Man, I would never turn my back, Spence. Vernon, they are bleeding you dry. When I signed my first contract, I was the pride of Bethlehem. The very next day, half of Pennsylvania had their hands out. And anybody who did anything nice for me expected that they were going to get a piece of what I got, what I earned. And you know what I did? I hooked up every last one of them until I was damn near broke. There are never enough pieces to go around, okay? And no matter how much you give them, they're always going to want more. You want to take care of people who are closest to you? Then take care of you first. That's what I'm going to help you do. What's happening here is that two people are seeing a money cash flow problem from two very different perspectives. On the one hand, Vernon sees it as an income problem. He'll be fine as soon as he gets his new contract and has more money coming in from his new salary. On the other hand, Spencer sees it as a spending problem because Vernon's entourage is constantly spending his money and he's letting them do it. And of the two, Spencer's actually the one in the right. This is a spending problem because no matter how much Vernon earns, if he doesn't save any of it, he'll be left with nothing in the bank at the end of his NFL career. Spencer also shares his own mistakes in misunderstanding the importance of saving. This is when he was an NFL player. People kept asking him for money. He felt like he owed them something, so kept giving until he was nearly broke. He's warning Vernon not to end up in the same position and instead to look after his family and friends by looking after his own money first. Essentially, if he grows his wealth, he can look after them in the long term rather than giving into frivolous spending now and not having any money for later. Man, Spence, you already had. You're like a big brother to me, man. Vernon, I'm not your big brother. I'm your financial manager and I will put your money to work. And I promise you this, your family and your friends will have everything you want them to have, within reason and on a budget. Let me show you something. This is an authorization form. This allows Anderson Financial access to your assets and your investments. Sign it or you keep rolling the dice. But what I won't do, I won't stand around and watch you make the same mistakes I made. God, Spencer's convincing. He's telling Vernon to either leave his financial future to chance or to hire Spencer as his financial manager and have a plan put around his spending. Spencer's trying to get Vernon to see him as a professional finance manager, not his brother or another member of the entourage. Vernon does sign that authorization form, and it's not surprising. The line, your friends and the line, your friends and family will have everything they want, within reason and on a budget. That's me, so that's sexy. Can I say, I love finance. By signing Vernon as his client, Spencer is correcting his previous overspending mistakes when he was in the NFL and ensuring that future young stars will lead the sport with something to show for it. I never doubted you for a second. Thanks for the assistance, man. Yeah. Time for an upgrade, Joe. What do you mean? This is good enough for Peyton Manning, right? That's a commercial. Drives a Mercedes. This is a fun way to end the podcast. Joe, Spencer's colleague, is congratulating him on signing Vernon, and Spencer tells him it's time to upgrade his car. Joe says his car's perfectly good enough for a celebrity, Peyton Manning, a former NFL player and considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But Spencer says that celebrity actually drives a Mercedes. The point here is celebrities often endorse products that they'll use in the advert, but actually don't use in their day-to-day lives. In other words, don't ever just buy something because a celebrity tells you to.
learn. Here's what we learned about money from watching ballers. Number one, you can't out-earn a spending problem. No matter how much money you earn, if you don't control your spending, you won't have any money left over saved to build your wealth with. Number two, if you have an obligation to look after your friends and family, consider how you do it. Looking after them in the long term may mean not giving them everything they want now, but it does mean you can afford to give them everything they need later. And number three, access a financial professional if you want individualized support. The right financial advisor who looks after your individual circumstances can be invaluable if you want that kind of individualized advice. And those are our takeaways about money from the TV show, Ballers. The following program knows that money doesn't grow on trees, but would love to find that money tree if it existed. The financial information in this podcast is general guidance only. You should consider this guidance further in the context of your own financial situation and needs. To get financial advice that is tailored to your circumstances, you'll need to lock in an appointment with a professional for individualized financial advice. In fact, we'd be on cloud nine if you did. Any media clips have been clipped out of the public domain under the fair use and fair dealing guidelines. listening to an episode of money and pop culture by money bites we love your support in spreading the word and in particular rating our podcast and writing us a review to let us know that you're liking our content you can also subscribe for updates on the platform to ensure you catch our next episode it's absolutely free and it'll be the best investment you can make stay tuned for more bite-sized chat about money right here on money bites <laughs>